Welcome to the Nerd Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today myself, your Nerdy Tutor George, and with me here today as well, Stitching Queen, my mom. Hey. So, I had originally intended to do WandaVision this week, but found out that there's actually, they're only, uh, because they're releasing the episodes weekly on Disney+, Plus. We're not even up to the point in which we could review the entire series if we wanted to, if we started to this week. So we're going to take a little bit of a side turn and go to another very, very popular movie franchise. We're going to talk about Godzilla. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I did not know. I'm excited. So yeah, so... Um, Whoa, no, Godzilla. Ooh. There is a lot of... Uh, so primarily what I did a lot of my research on was the Godzilla films because there's actually quite a bit of additional supplemental uh, Godzilla works including TV shows cartoons there was a very very popular American Godzilla f t cartoon series for a while um, oddly enough based off the really poor received 98 Godzilla um which Japan basically saw and was like shaking their fist at. Um, but we're going to go over the kind of the primarily of the Godzilla uh, film franchise here. Do we get to do we get to post a link for the song Godzilla? Yes, we, we will. I will. I will get the link for God, the song for Godzilla. Absolutely. Um, which I didn't know existed. Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, I mean, not the Eminem song, but. Um, um, there's, there's a couple of different versions, but there's a, oh no, there goes Tokyo. Oh no, Godzilla. Ooh. Okay. I have there, I have, I think I have heard that one before. I will. That's, that's the one I'm referring to. I will, I will find that then. Um, cause I was doing, cause I was doing research here and I was trying to figure out like, what's the series we could watch? Um, oh, no, this is a perfect topic because it's one that. That uh, people don't don't necessarily talk about, but it's 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 you. When we were in Japan, I bought Godzilla boxer shorts. Mm -hmm. Oh, because not only because they existed, but because you kind of had to while you were in Japan. I think I was. I, I felt like it was kind of obligatory. Everybody enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So they, they were a souvenir gift. Mm -hmm. So to talk about Godzilla is actually to talk about a theme in Japan known as kaiju. Now, have you ever heard this term before, Mom? Kaiju? Yes. No. Okay. So, uh, kaiju is roughly translated from the original Japanese, means strange beast. Okay. Um, and it originates, actually, from the notion of, of Japanese mythological creatures. And eventually, when it became... Eventually, when the Japan reopened up its borders to the West, it started including any sort of mythological beach creature. So, the Hydra, a kaiju. Medusa, a kaiju. The Loch Ness Monster, a kaiju. So, Interesting. It, it, well, it, I mean, because dragons play so notably in, in uh, Asian lore. I mean, Vietnam um, actually believed that uh, the scattered islands of Halong Bay were, were caused by... A, there's a whole lore about a dragon and a princess. Part of Japan is said to look like a dragon. Yeah. So... Um, it's a thing. And, and, and dragons definitely kaiju. Now, in the most modern pretense of what we know as kaiju, we tend to think of the, that actually as any sort of science fiction or fantasy-based creature 
that is relatively the size of Godzilla. So this ranges anywhere from, I believe it's 165 feet to about 400 feet. So if you're 155 feet, you're, you're out of luck. You might be considered a kaiju. I mean, of relative scale. Keep in mind that the original version of Godzilla was only 50 meters tall. So about 165 feet. He later got scaled up to be 400 feet tall by Americans when they redid the when they um, dubbed the film into the West here in 1956 because they thought, oh, well, 50 uh, well 50 meters isn't tall enough. Well, I mean the the original because I was a kid, mm -hmm. the original Godzilla uh, prompted a whole bunch of, of bizarre, like, weird horror stories. There was the attack of the killer tomatoes, which came mm -hmm. after the original Godzilla was, was playing in the United States. I remember Saturday features where you'd have Godzilla and some other, like a, a some other swamp monster or something like that. Yeah, Japan, yeah. You so. do these, because the big thing was to get go to a double feature. Mm-hmm. For fifty cents, um, so expensive. I know, and you could actually eat the popcorn, um, and you go to a double feature, and you'd see you you'd like camp out at the movies for you know four hours, um, but it was the thing. Oh yeah, again you know, Saturday. That's where we also came up with uh, like Saturday matinees and stuff yeah. like that. Right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so Godzilla huge um, has had a big experience of it here and again like it spawned a lot of uh other creatures in a lot of cases as well again i mean power rangers takes heavy influence of the kaiju as their giant monsters whenever they fight literally the, the things they become yeah literally the same um style and idea idyllics of what would have been godzilla at the end of the day um we had our own movie uh or Steven Spielberg at one point cited Jurassic Park or cited Godzilla as his inspiration for Jurassic Park. Wow. Um, Is that one of the movies I'm watching? No, not okay. Jurassic Park, no. Okay. Um, well, it, if I asked you to watch Jurassic Park, we would have both been able to kind of like quote it verbatim, I think, because it's such a... We've, we've it's probably, iconic. It's iconic and we've probably watched it like a billion times, I want to say. Yeah, but then it, it went too far. It, later movies did, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm one of those people that really doesn't think there ever needed to be a sequel. Exactly. You know, or if you had a sequel, you know, like. The original was a cool idea, but once you screwed it up once, why would you do it again? Yeah. Um, and actually one of the more famous versions that came out here not too long ago, which is actually an amazing movie everybody should go watch, is something called Pacific Rim. Oh. Yes. It's literally their monsters are called Kaiju. And they're am and it's amazing. Now is that one of the ones I'm watching? No, <laughs> it's an amazing movie, but you're, don't watch it. You're watching Godzilla. Okay. You're watching three different versions of Godzilla. Godzilla. So okay. you're watching. Well, yeah, fair enough. Fair you're enough. gonna watch the um, 2014 American Godzilla. Uh -huh. Then you're gonna watch the 2019 American Godzilla that just recently came out last year, which was very good. So, so we did two of them like five years apart. Yes. Okay. Well, Japan, keep in mind, has done it did um did a number of them every like two or three years at a certain point. Wow. So. Um, well, I, I know I know I was thrilled to see a monitor lizard when we were in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Big big ass lizard. Oh yes. Remind me of God's. Yeah. Well, again, I mean the 2018 version was based off an of iguana at one point instead okay, of a so, dinosaur. Okay. Okay. So 
there is there is a city in in Ecuador filled with iguanas and parks filled with iguanas and you have to watch where you step because you'll step on an iguana and they're they're not like little iguanas they're like six seven foot long iguanas like the size of an alligator I have pictures I know I've seen them pretty amazing uh, and you'd be surprised to you, you wouldn't be surprised Godzilla is considered the first kaiju movie as well so uh, even though later on they consider King Kong a, a kaiju as well. Well, because he is mythical. Yes. I mean, I, I get the logic. So, uh, actually, famously, King Kong, third villain of Godzilla. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So King, so Godzilla versus King Kong, the third movie in the series. So, um, so debuting back in 1954, created by Toei, uh, not Toei, which is the studio park we went to, but Toho. Which is very similar to Toei. They do a lot of films and movies. Um, most notably, they've done the Akira uh, Kurosawa films. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also been the major people that released the Studio Ghibli films as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so Toei, um, <laughs> but Toei, Toho, and I apologize, mm-hmm. I will probably say it a couple different ways because they sound so familiar, but Toho, yeah. um, also very well known for its kaiju movies and then also its uh, Tokusatsu series, which again is the... Technically means Japanese kind of like special effects films that realistically we know them as uh, like masked heroes sort of TV shows and films. Okay. Um, or movies with special, big special effects in them typically. Cool. Um, Tokusatsu series being familiar, very being very famous as like Ultraman, Kamen Rider, the Power Rangers and Super Sentai series is what we typically think of Tokusatsu series. Um, and, and we saw where those were filmed. Oh yeah, yeah. We went to Toei. Yes, we went to the Toei Studio Park, which again is was is amazing. And if you ever go to Japan, definitely, definitely worth it. Yeah. Ab- absolutely worth it. Yeah. Even if you're not a fan of Power Rangers or, or anything there, that's just just it's, a lot of fun in general. And and the tour I thought was really good because they explained because we were walking on sets and they explained how they changed them mm-hmm. um, for different things because there's, there's pavement just, on yeah pavement on the ground but they'll just cover it up with with light dirt or if, maybe stones or something and that now yeah. you're in a different period and you're just set dressings yeah it's amazing and change the signs and and uh, so it was it was I really enjoyed it it reminded me a lot of the Universal Studios tours of the '60s I love. I, I still remember the bridge because this yeah. one bridge is like the, this bridge is like a thousand different bridges and they showed depend, us how you change it depending how you change the, the set dressing on it and how you change the string on it I love the fact that I guess we came in from and it the, was only one sided it was only, yeah it's only one sided so like it didn't actually go anywhere nope and Pretty I love. Amazing. I still just love that day in which we got there. We're like, is this the right place? It's, it seems a lot smaller, smaller than, we, than thought. we thought. And then we got in there. It's like, oh, okay, now we finally got here. It's huge. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's nice and big. Yeah, it's a fair. It's, it's, it's a good worthy. Size. So yeah, so Godzilla originally debuting in nineteen fifty in nineteen fifty four, his own standalone TV uh, standalone film. And Godzilla is, uh, how best to put this. Uh, Godzilla was a villain originally. So in the first original Godzilla film, he was actually meant to be an an allegory for nuclear for nuclear bombs. So just keep in mind, Japan was ten years in, before. Just ten years before was bombed by atomic weapons here, and so a lot of that was thought to believe like this is the destruction of 
You know, this is what the the wrath of nuclear fallout and nuclear bombing can I, do. I thought, I'd always interpreted it as, as this is the creation that happens when you use nuclear weapons because you don't know how uranium is going to affect. Part, and partly that is part of the vet too. A lot of it, a lot of people also saw it as um, the West, most specifically the United States, um, that saw Godzilla as being the United States coming to attack Japan as some sort of revenge for something as well. So there is that um, element in there as well. Everything's sort of the time frame that you're in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, and again, context really does matter when you think about it here as well, especially in later films yeah. uh, for Godzilla, because context plays a heavy heavy point a heavy point in some of the later uh, Godzilla films as well uh, but Godzilla himself uh, was the villain in the initial one again more like a force of nature that was coming by to just kind of you know destroy the Japanese populace because of uh, actually because he had been at the original story if I remember if I read this correctly was uh, Godzilla was originally just a sea monster and because they were testing nuclear weapons, and he was attacked by them, he absorbed and was badly damaged by the nuclear, and that's why he came back came to Japan to basically like seek his revenge against the people that yeah. attacked and him. Yeah, and I didn't and okay, so to follow on that story, what I recall is that he somehow because of the, the nuclear contact, that affected how he grew. Yeah, and that that, that was that, my that was why he was so oversized was some something to do with the nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was partly my understanding. Is mostly my understanding too. Um, now it's kind of interesting the way they created um, Godzilla here is what they would eventually call suitmation. Oh. So we what, what we consider now is just being suit actors and costume and everything. Like, so it wasn't it wasn't claymation. No. So. Um, where in the West, where you have, and, and again, like they based Godzilla off of Harryhausen's version uh, of a monster from uh, 20,000 er, Leagues Under the Sea. Not 20,000 Leagues Under the, the, the Sea, but um, uh, if I remember correctly here, I have the notes here somewhere for it. Um, Harryhausen's The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Okay. So, um, but. Where in the West they were using to create big, big giant creatures, they were using they were using uh, stop motion animation and claymation. And a lot of times, in the in the East here in Japan, they decided that they were going to have they were going to create suit actors to do it. And so they created these giant costumes, essentially, which has been a very much of a staple of both Toho, uh, Toho and Toei um, movies and TV series. Were creating these giant costumes. costumes yeah. And they um, put a suit actor in it and basically had the suit actor destroy these 125th to 150 scale cities. And the way they really kind of achieved the impressiveness of the suits and the impressiveness of the uh, camera work here, or the monsters rather, was that they filmed when they could from low angles to give perspective to uh, Godzilla. And they also sped up the film as well. So this film is actually being shot twice as fast, but the suit actors are moving much slower. So when you, so because the suit actors are moving slower, but the film is being sped up, you get this really kind of smooth motion to the, to the to the creatures at the end of the day. So they don't look so they, while they come yeah, off. Yeah, no, as that being, would make sense. Yeah. yeah. So while they come off kind of lumbering and huge, like they have this nice fluid motion. It looks natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So that was the intention there, and that's how they created a lot of that uh, early early stuff here. And then, um, and actually, so this is the very early. But we uh, now one of the things you have to know about Japan is that they break up their different um, eras uh, based on whoever the current emperor is. Yep. So when the initial films were being shot here in the 1954, they were in the Showa era because the emperor was. Uh, named Showa. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's not even the emperor that gets to decide his name. It's the gov- It's the Japanese governing, bo- governing body that gets to na- rename the emperor, which is kind of interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's the Showa era, again, the original first Godzilla, he's a villain. But later, r- later series of the films uh, quickly moved away from Godzilla being a villain and being more of just a, an anti-hero who was just happening to fight another creature. A, a more sympathetic creature. Yeah, more sympathetic. He was like, at certain points, he was the um, protector of humanity or the defender of humanity. Um, this is where I imagine you get a lot of your um, uh, matinee and double feature movies where it's Godzilla versus X, Y, and Z. Yep. Um, and a lot of those films, especially even the... Toho basically read basically started making a lot of those shows for uh, a child a child and family friendly audience. That's where you get a lot more um, slapstick and a lot more um, action, which looks which doesn't look too dissimilar from what you would have seen from like Power Rangers back in the nineties. You know, like sets being kind of blown up. These not quite so realistic creatures are kind of fighting each other. There's a look a bit of comedy kind of mixed in there as well. well I would say campy. Oh, very campy, yes, too. So. Uh, and that was Godzilla for about 20 plus years almost, from 1954 to 1975. It was just Godzilla fights Rodan, God, Godzilla fights Gigan, Godzilla fights uh, Mothra, um, Godzilla fights King Ghidra, or... All these, all, different... all these things, yeah. And 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 if if you were around during the the sixties, you could go see, you could binge watch them at the movie theater. See, because now we watch, and so now the way I've I've actually seen these movies was because of the Sci Fi Channel. When I was in college, we had the Sci Fi Channel on 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 our network here, so you could basically watch, um. And they would play, you know, the very old uh, Godzilla films during like the midday when there wasn't a lot of programming or a lot of a lot of eyeballs on the series on the TV yeah. at all. So especially yeah. on like Saturdays, you'd get matinees uh, on the Sci Fi Channel for Godzilla films, uh, or even some of the independent channels. Uh, Mystery Science Theater was a oh, I loved Mystery Science the- yeah. Theater. They that was common fodder for Mystery Science Theater. Um. You'll have to tell me, like, I know they redubbed all the Japanese actors with English voices. Yeah. How off-putting was that? <laughs> well, you know, and and I, um, I've experienced that in several ways. The the, the redubbing over the years. Um, uh, but when they when they redub, it is off-putting because, of course, the lips don't match, and and especially back in the day, the lips don't match. But you're so excited to be some, seeing something. Back then, travel, inter, especially international travel, was was such an uncommon thing. Mm. And so, 
Um, and most people didn't travel. I, I personally didn't get on an airplane until I was like 12 or 13. So yeah, that would be contrary to us because I remember flying when I was like, oh, you very young. kids, yeah, and um, and so international travel, anything international, um, art house, what we think of now as art house films, um, were a big thing. Mm-hmm. So you were willing to make the sacrifice, and you weren't comparing it to the technology we have today that allows you to sync those things better. So actually, what's kind of interesting is that in Japanese. Um, Japanese anime as an example here they don't they actually do the voice work and then do the uh, animation after that um, but they routinely actually don't care about the lip flaps in the United States they do oh yeah no in the in, in when you get to western versions of it though like the lip flaps have to match with the dialogue in, well, in, in you know, and oddly enough, I think that's just a, a more or less an American thing because we would find that off-putting. Um, but in the wet, but over in Japan, I mean, like when you get the anime, like their their lips don't match the movements at all, and sometimes don't even match the speech. But you know, that happens so quickly that you don't know that again as a Westerner, like because I don't speak fluid Japanese, um, or I don't I don't speak fluid Japanese yet. Um, I don't notice I, I don't notice it as much versus where if I was in Western like I noticed that distinctively and I've seen examples of that being done where I've seen voice acting where it's like oh this feels weird why does it feel weird oh because the dubbing doesn't match up with the lip syncs versus later stuff I see is like oh this feels not now I notice it well but I mean I noticed when I watch anime that's been dubbed it, it actually matches up pretty well yeah it, the, isn't, it isn't off-putting the American when it gets dubbed into uh, dubbed into English by Americans typically then it, they make a point of doing that okay versus um, West, versus the Japanese when they just do their own dubbing for their own series that a little less so well it beats the hell out of subtitles I true I, I will try to seek out more you know, English dub stuff or if I could avoid the subtitles as often as possible um, but I do enjoy my subtitles quite a bit still do you I, I, I always go back to um, you know two different experiences I have while I was living in France and I would go see American movies whenever I could and and one of them was watching three days of the Condor which is a, a CIA suspense film with with uh, uh, Robert Redford and um, and there's a line in it um, where he tells Faye Dunaway, I, I, I haven't raped you. And she said, well, the night is young. And, and of course, it's, it's said jokingly, and, and I laughed. And they were reading in French subtitles. It was in English and in French subtitle, And they laughed later. So I would laugh, and then they would laugh because it took them longer to read it. Yes. And, and then on the flip side, um, watching young Dr. Frankenstein dubbed in French, and um, and hearing the voice that they gave Gene Wilder, which was completely off, and the, and the voice they gave Madeline Kahn, mm-hmm. which was completely off, and realizing that when we hear dubbed voices, they may sound nothing like what the original actor sounded like. Oh, there there are some animes that I've watched where I've heard the English dub version of it, and just like cringe was like, oh no, why would dub- you? Yeah. No, no, no! This isn't right. No, the, the, this this voice doesn't work for this. No, no, no! This vo- this voice. 
I understand it's it's in the vein of what the character is, but that's not what the character is supposed to sound like. Yeah, I think the most off-putting one for me was um, Clint Eastwood dubbed into a French a French voice. Oh, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, I, I, I think it was High Plains Drifter, and, and um, it didn't work. Except that I was so happy to be in an American movie at the time, because American movies in France during common. the 70s weren't that common. And um, and it was just nice to see something I'd seen before. Famously, there's a French TV series called uh, Wakfu, which is a, uh, also kind of a video game series as well. Um, it looks it looks very very stylized off of what, off of uh, Japanese animation. And we were, me and my friend were watching it, thinking, "Oh yeah, this is Japanese animation. Japanese animation. Yeah. Why is it dubbed in French?" And we're just like watching it. We're just like, no, stop. Please turn it back to Japanese. And we later found out, no, this is a French series. We're like, oh, that makes more sense. But yep. this is so weird because they're speaking in French and I'm expecting Japanese. Yep. Yeah, so. sometimes it just doesn't it doesn't quite match. Yeah, so that's that. I would imagine that's a very um, interesting allegory there. For, but when for we saw, when Westerners. we saw them, a lot of times when we saw them during this, the the '60s, they were dubbed, mm -hmm. and um, and du not dubbed particularly well. No. But you were so happy to be there that it didn't matter. Yeah, I, I you did. rode your bike. You didn't even lock your bike. You just left it out front. Yeah, they had a whole, whole parking stall just for the bikes. I'm gonna. I'm, I, you can't see this because it's a podcast, but my jaws hit the floor. It's like you. Oh, oh yeah, no, didn't. Until I was in high school and I had a 10-speed, I, I never locked my bike. Oh, my goodness. Well, again, I can remember watching... So, I, I the way I can probably analogize that, too, is that watching back as a kid on Sunday nights on the independent... Uh, one of the independent channels that we had, uh, one of the uh, PBS independent channels, they had... Uh, Japanese animation that would be airing on Sunday nights. Yeah, and that was my big thing was to watch the to watch that because we were like, where am I ever going to see this again? And it was and it was again like some of it was in purely Japanese, and so you had to we had to watch the subtitles for it. And then our stuff was, if we were lucky, was in English. So like Robotech was in English, but um, some of the other series weren't. It's also where I got to see Red Dwarf, which I still think is one of my favorite British sci-fi. Uh, comedy series ever. That's pretty cool. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen Red yeah. Dwarf? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think it's hilarious to this day. And, and especially as a if you were to do a throwback now, because um, it it's a little dated. It's very dated, yes. And I don't. And I, I think if you tried to redo that series now, it wouldn't come off the same way anymore. You'd get people trying to make it like super serious and yeah, and like less kind of campy and funny at the end of the day. But I, I really do. Th it would, I would love to see those original actors kind of come back and redo a more serious version of it, but still be just as funny. Yeah. Like with more serious thoughts, shots, and less sets. Yeah. Um, if you ever want, want to watch a really good other, um, a rather good British TV comedy series, you need to watch a series called The It Club. Ooh, now that I haven't seen. It's called, it's, what it really stands for is The IT Club. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. So it's a bunch of, it's, it's a pair what? of, yeah, it's a pair of, uh, geeks and nerds who run the IT department for this big multinational corporation in Britain um, where everybody is just like, you know, like, oh, yeah, have you tried, you know, one guy's literal answer is, have you tried turning it on and off again? It's literally how he responds to every 
every IT question there. Um, it's it's very funny. It's only got I think like twenty four episodes of its four seasons. It's probably one of my favorite bits. Is just that they've convinced their manager, which is this uh, woman who has nothing to do, knows nothing about IT, but said like, "Oh yeah, I once owned a computer when I was a kid. Oh perfect, you'd be great for our IT department." It's like, wait, what? And so now it's this woman who knows nothing about computers leading the IT department and. The two nerds have convinced her that for her presentation, she's going to show them the internet, which was basically just like a like a, a tissue box wrapped in plastic that they put a blinking light on. And she went to this big like meeting of like in, of like officials and like other other like tech CEOs and stuff like that. And she showed off like this here is the internet, and everyone in the audience is like, ooh. Oh wow! And they're treating it very seriously, as we're like the two nerds in the back are just like, "Wait, is she getting away with this? How does everybody not know?" Oh, I I went to I went to a seminar during the uh, late eighties in which they were explaining the importance of what the internet was going to be, and um, and they literally took two balls of string and started tossing them around the room, and you were supposed to catch the ball of string and toss it. It'd be like watching a beach ball toss at a graduation, mm-hmm. where you were supposed to toss the 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 string then and then over. So we built overhead our own web, and that's how the internet was explained to us. It's not wrong. It's not wrong, and it's an interesting way to to get across to it the the connectivity possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, in retrospect, it seems a little hokey. I still, I still love. It was the, a way of getting people excited about having interconnectivity. Um, yeah, absolutely. And what? and we're based in Silicon Valley, and this this was in Silicon Valley. Oh yeah, this would have been very very topical to us. Yeah. Um, so after the Showa era, they ended up they stopped doing Godzilla films in about 1975, and they wouldn't start doing Godzilla films again for about another ten years. So uh, when we get to the Heisei era, which is again the next emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1984, there's the return of Godzilla, and now it's a during the Showa era, it's a reboot of the series in which Godzilla is again more force of nature once again. Um, and what's interesting about the Showa era is that rather than being um, more childish like the other series had been, this one actually has a continuous sequel sort of nature to it where like so it has an ongoing storyline it has a very much an ongoing storyline so one film leads into the next which leads into the next um and so it kept kind of going from there and uh, a lot of some of the more popular villains from the Showa era got brought back um this is also where I believe this is where we get to meet Mecha Godzilla as well so, Mecha Godzilla. So Mecha Godzilla, which is the not aware of Mecha Godzilla. Oh, okay. So uh, Mecha Godzilla, the mechanical version of Godzilla. And and explain what a mech is. A mech a mech is any a, sort of robot, essentially. Robot that, and most of them being robots that that have people piloting them, piloting them, sitting inside them. Yeah, I mean. So so there are all sorts of mecha series. Yeah, Gundam I mean, series. Gundam would be probably the most um, most basic. Would be probably the most iconic version of what a mecha series is in yeah. Japan. Um, basically, just like imagine the Godzilla suit with armor plates on it. Wow. Yeah. 
Cup. That has real possibilities. Uh, yeah, no, and again, I mean, like, um, this was also, um, so he got introduced one time in the show, I believe, um, and then came back again in the um, Heisei era. And again, very, <clears throat> very, very popular um, bad guy. He's often considered to be like one of, him and King uh, Ghidra is considered to be like the main villains of, like, it's the Joker and like Bane of the, uh, of, of the Godzilla world. If you were to relate him to like Batman, you know, like the big bad guys, they're the ones that like beat up Godzilla. These are the main enemies. These are the main uh, villains of Godzilla at the end of the day. Um, Mechagodzilla at one point actually in later series uh, built out of the remains of the first Godzilla skeleton, and so he's reanimated. But I, I don't, I um, I don't think that happens until Shin Godzilla, or, or not Shin Godzilla. Excuse me, the um, Millennium Era of Godzillas. Um, and so what ended up happening was that in 1995 they ended up having um, the final movie of Godzilla, where they kind of put him to rest for a little bit. It was the uh, 40th anniversary um, in 1995 and Godzilla theoretically died and and so we didn't see him again for a while now in 1992 though TriStar Pictures uh, or TriStar Productions bought the rights or acquired the rights to Godzilla and the ja and Toho um, the Japanese company he was actually very excited to see what the Americans would do with Godzilla at the end of the day um, and the first set of scripts um, and director actually had planned on keeping very true to the original story um, and actually had planned to make Godzilla um, a creation of the Atlanteans and would have it would have had the same similar notion where like he came in and he kind of wrecked a, a coastal city and like potentially fought another creature called the Griffin which was a shape-changing alien <laughs> and basically would have again would have had a very much feel of a regular Godzilla film at the end of the day just done as an American version um, so take a wild guess I want you to take a very wild guess here why we didn't get that version why didn't we get that version budget um. so this version of the movie was scheduled to cost about 120 billion uh, 120 million dollars to produce in what would have been like 1993 1994 sort of money at that time wow okay yeah so again a lot of money um so they ended up um uh, releasing the director so we can go work on other stuff here and they brought in uh roman emmerich who you might know from a lot of movies here like yeah. he's at this point though he's coming right off the heels of independence day which is which is a huge which was a huge deal yeah um back in what 90 in, back in 94 i believe yeah so a real big deal Ooh, they, they, because it had such amazing pyrotechnics i mean and and it had a, a, a decent premise too yeah it was an amazing premise a lot of pyrotechnics a lot of you know bigger names in it that you know yeah. that that we now think of like you know like we, we, back then, we weren't thinking Will Smith as this big name actor. We saw him, we remember we remember him from like the Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince of, of Bel, Bel Air. Air. Yeah. But like you know, this is the movie that basically cemented Will Smith as an action hero. Um, Jeff 
Goldblum, I think, basically lives off of residuals from Jurassic Park and Independence Day. Okay. Um, and yet his best role is still the fly. I, I do think so as well, yeah. And then there's a number of of people in here which were like, you know, big deals. And not to mention that, like, the aliens, truly menacing-looking aliens, <laughs> you know, for all extents and purposes, like, not the kind of aliens you want to F with. And, 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 and mean. Oh, yeah. Again, like, it, it looked really cool. Everything looked very foreign and weird and alien to 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 make a point of it here again yeah but they were still flying saucers for the most extensive point it looked like flying saucers yeah it looked like our version of flying saucers mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i mean like big deal movie here um he agreed to do godzilla but said he wanted to do it his he wanted to have total creative freedom on it and tristar pictures gave him that freedom now um now, after the filming here, Roman Emmerich made a point of saying, like, yeah, I wasn't a fan of Godzilla before coming into this. And I'm still not a fan of Godzilla. And it shows. Oh, yeah. So, and, and again, part of this includes the fact that they jettisoned um, the dinosaur aspect of Godzilla and turned him into a mutated iguana. Yeah. And uh, the film was actually done in a very, you know, got created and produced real quickly. Um, and they made a point of saying, like, yeah, they wanted they wanted it released for Memorial Day, and so we cut a lot of to, corners to, to get to there. open to open the the summer summer movie season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a uh, lot of advertisements going into it too. Yeah. Um, and um, I think as we all know, it didn't do very well. It's not very memorable. No. Um. A lot of what a lot of what the film got criticized criticized for, oddly enough, was that um, that the Godzilla um, actually moved around and act, moved around and looked an awful lot like the Tyrannosaurus Rexes from Jurassic Park, uh, and yeah. even some and even some of the Velociraptors as well. So it got heavily criticized from those sort of like points as well. You can't nick other people's films. No, and and actually even like. What ended up happening was a lot of people literally made a point of saying, like, the movie that came out directly after that, Jurassic, the second Jurassic Park, Lost World, like, the version where their T-Rex is in the city has done a lot better than when Godzilla's in New York, you know? Because even then, I mean, like, Godzilla never destroys buildings. He might do damage to buildings, but it doesn't destroy oh, yeah. anything yeah. at all. Um, so there is, um, so again, didn't do very well. Um, it was originally actually TriStar had planned for a trilogy of uh, Godzilla films here, and as a result, they ended up canceling the second, uh, the last two films that they had planned for, um, and instead actually released a fairly well received animated TV series um, that ran for four, that ran for about two and a half, three series. Uh, seasons. Aimed at a, a what age group? Um, the Saturday morning crowd. Back when there was a Saturday morning. Yeah, I, I actually remember parts of it here were like, apparently like Godzilla was like a, um, Godzilla was a lizard that beat up other kaiju-like creatures and it like worked with humans, oddly enough. There was like a Godzilla team, I guess. Well, okay, and, and, and do we at some point talk about what Godzilla really is? Because Godzilla's kind of a dinosaur, kind of a lizard, kind of a, because he's upright. Yeah, so I mean, like he's he's my again like later ver- depending on what kind of versions of the story you put it at, he's 
typically usually based off of a dinosaur um, that's obviously been mutated over the years. Sometimes he's a mythical sea creature. Again, he's amphibious. He comes from the sea. He's a sea creature initially. Um, and he's a... He's Name a, a sea creature with legs. Okay. Fair. I'm just saying. I mean, this is my question with... <laughs> And my question has always been about Godzilla. Is he looks enough distinctive enough that he's not really a dinosaur? No, but he is reptilian. Yes, he is reptilian. And I know he comes from the sea because he rises up out of it. Mm -hmm. But there aren't a whole lot of you know. I'm scuba dive. There, there aren't. I don't. I agree. I agree. You know, aside from crabs and and you know lobsters and things like that. Mm -hmm. So part of the uh, so part of his original creation was he was part of some sort of dinosaur that became amphibious, assumingly a T-Rex, um, has been the prevailing theory on that, and that he's, that he's evolved over the centuries okay. um, to eventually get the kind of arms. Now, again, a lot of his mutations, though, uh, come from the nuclear blast on it. So this includes the serrated spiked plates on its back. Um, his skin is actually meant to emulate what they call... Uh, Kidloid scars, which is kind of like these Kidloid scars. Yeah, yeah. so kind of like these boiled over sort of like uh, scars that kind of happen. Yeah, all over your body. It's, that's kind of what the scaling on. That was a big thing that happened after people um, who survived the Hiroshima bombing um, had a lot of that all over their bodies, and so that was how Godzilla's uh, skin and texture was meant to kind of emulate back in the day. Um, it's interesting because now that you say that, I, I never made the the link between uh, Godzilla and like a Stegosaurus. Yeah, but you're it, right. It, yeah, at a certain point, like they were meant to, it was meant to be kind of a mixture of a couple different dinosaurs, primarily. Um, so Velociraptor, Stegosaurus, Triceratops, the T Rex. You know, um, a lot of those other things. Again, one of its one of his endearing villains here, Rodan, is based off a pterodactyl. At the end of the day. That's cool. So, um, there's other one of his other. I like myself a good pterodactyl. One of his other uh, popular villains, Mothra. Guess what he's based off of? Moth. Yes. Or a butterfly. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he has he has like the moth-like eyes. Oh yeah, I know. He's got the moth-like yeah. eyes and the butterfly-like wings. You know. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah, and again, um, he's again partly based off of the beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. I really want to find a picture of this beast now. Um, because that's where they based it off of. Um, and again, from Ray Harryhausen, who is like this godfather of like stop motion animation in the, uh, back in the thirties and forties here in the West. Um, Godzilla himself as well, um, has, uh, probably we all know is kind of a signature thing where he breathes atomic energy. It's called his atomic breath. It's designed to look like it, there are the intention is supposed to be this, nuclear sort of like energy laser blast that comes out of his mouth. Sometimes it's red, sometimes it's blue, um, depending on like the, the series in some cases. It's done with a lot of different effects that do it here. Um, there's also, he's also well known for his physical strength and um, muscularity here. You know, he's very easily able to, um, oh, she, she found a picture of the beast. Would that not be Godzilla? That is Godzilla. Oh my gosh, it's so it's so close. To, I'm looking at a, a a movie poster for the the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. That that's basically Godzilla. It's basically Godzilla. It's got sort of plated armor, but he's got the 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 razor the razor things all the way down. Mm -hmm. Um, he looks a little like like the thing from Aliens. He looks a lot more lizardy in the face. 
Oh yeah, you know, li- yeah. The the neck kind of has that kind of more st- stooped sort of like, if like a lizard kind of droops their head. He's got a longer face. Yeah, he's got the, a much longer face. It almost a, a crocodilian sort of mouth there. More yeah, like crocodile or like maybe even like a snake, maybe. Definitely more lizardish. But but longer arms than a than a T Rex. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it interesting to see to hear that it's based on that because it, it is pretty close. Oh yeah. Again, the plates are different on its back, and then like I think Godzilla has more of a like a dog or snout sort of face versus like a like a reptilian sort of face maybe. I love the I love the uh, the movie quotes because back then we didn't have trailers, we had posters. Mm-hmm. But and, the posters were amazing. The posters were amazing, but they had to tell you a lot because you didn't have. Yeah. trailers showing on on tv or that you could watch on youtube but you had to stand in line to get into the movie theater hence the term blockbuster because a blockbuster was something where the line wrapped around the corner mm-hmm. it busted the block um because movie theaters were mid-block um and uh this one says they couldn't believe their eyes they couldn't escape the terror and neither will you those those, those big bold print again those movies those movie posters back in the day are amazing yeah you know, like all the again. Even speaking of movie posters, what color is Godzilla? Gray, green. Yeah, so he's portrayed. He's portrayed as being green in a lot of the movie posters, and um, still images of him. He's actually supposed to be charcoal gray, according to the according to the filming. So this guy could walked on all fours, but could rise up. Ah, okay. They show him walking through New York on all fours. Background of the Brooklyn Bridge. Hmm. Yeah, Godzilla never uh, walked on all fours. He's 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 all four walking here. Oof, that's so lizardy. He's very lizardy. Um, so after the uh, abomination that was the 1998 Godzilla, um, they gave an early they gave an early um, an early uh, screening to the Japanese to Toho, and. Um, Guess what Toho's reaction was? What? They were not happy. Um, of course, obviously they had they had legally acquired the rights to the to the movies here, um, but TriStar wasn't going to make more movies. They, they 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 saw that as a nope. Let's not do that ever again. Uh, but this actually made it. This actually gave Toho like the energy to be like, you know what? We're going to start back up Godzilla films. We're going to show you how it's done. And so, um, what we consider the Millennium Era, because it's between 1999 and 2004, Uh uh, they brought back Godzilla and basically tried to show the West how it was done. Um, So, and unlike the uh, Heisei area, the previous area here, where all the films were kind of sequels to one another, Uh um, most of the Japanese films were literally... um, standalone films with the intention with the notion being is that like if you had watched the 1984 Godzilla it's a direct sequel to that okay but a lot of the films are um, as they go all, as they go along are basically standalone films with the exception of the last uh, three films which actually are continuations of one after another so they're more like sequels um, and there's a lot of films actually that came out of this five year span they were releasing one every year um with the final one being, um, and let me see if it, in 2004, which was the 50th anniversary of Godzilla, uh, Godzilla Final Wars. And um, so this is film literally brings back almost a lot of the major villains from the Showa era of Godzilla. They've re, 
doubt a lot of them here. Again, still using a lot of suitmation and CGI now to do a lot of the special effects for Godzilla, and they've redone all the major villains. So, um, and so its own version of Endgame. Pretty much, yeah. So Godzilla just tears through everybody here, um, even Mecha's Godzilla as well. Uh, this version of Mecha Godzilla, though, though, again, is the remains of the previous Godzilla skeleton and brought back mechanically, I guess. I, Interesting I, premise. I know. Okay. Keep in mind, Godzilla has a kid. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Guess what his kid's who, name is. Who did he meet with? I don't know, but he has a kid. His, na- his kid's name is Manila. Manila Godzilla. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, again, I believe that's how I, that's how you exp- uh, say his name here. Um, well, I, but, okay, I'm just I'm working with the with how how Manila is spawned. I I don't know. He he comes from the Heisei area, so he was like the size of a grown adult, and he was playing with kids. Okay. So it's I mean, keep in mind at one point here, like Godzilla. Uh, would be had like a because there isn't like a bride of frankenstein well i mean there are some pretty weird japanese uh tv shows with godzilla i mean at one point here like godzilla would godzilla and other uh godzilla villains here would talk to each other with japanese voices but would still kind of have like their they were dubbed with japanese voices but still did their iconic roars and shouts and everything and they were doing everything they were mostly doing the news Okay, okay, okay. But, you know, I mean, we walk around in inflatable... Uh, Dinosaurs. ...suits, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and so with, okay. But we have the direct irony of it. And I think Japan kind of... The Japanese were also very much of the notion. It's like, it's the direct irony of Godzilla giving the news and doing the weather. Well, I saw God, I, I saw a, uh, a, a T-Rex uh, snow blowing a sidewalk uh, mm-hmm. this week, so... Oh, yeah, no, no. So I, there we go. Um I found I found the greatest costume I never I, I will never have in my life. It's the Hungry Hungry Caterpillar. Oh, that was your favorite book when you were yeah. Yes, precisely. So again, it's my favorite book when I was a kid, and like, there's some sort of costume. There's some sort of like, um, there's hungry, hungry somebody caterpillar somebody out there. made a costume for it as some sort of like library or some sort of like bookstore sort of event, you know. It, there's a very funny, very function, very funny caption to it here, where this one boyfriend um, is looking at his girlfriend. This is the sexiest my girlfriend has ever been. That's pretty cute. So, um, it, actually, even the Godzilla from the 1998 Godzilla makes an appearance in uh, Godzilla: Final Wars, um, who is renamed by the fans as Zilla, not Zilla. Godzilla, just Zilla, Z-I-L-L-A. And Godzilla, so he appears in, um, I believe, um, Australia, and uh, Godzilla promptly just blasts him to bits within, like, the first, like, two minutes of them fighting. Just annihilates him quickly and gets it over with. Well, you might as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you, and again... Be done with it. Yeah. Um, and so then, after that point here, now, part of the problem with the Millennium series of Godzilla's was, um, was that they weren't well-received because... They stayed really true to the original Godzilla formula and didn't stray too far away from it. And a lot of people were getting... Um, needed to be modernized. Well, it needed to be modernized, but they also needed to find a new angle for the series. And um, they just were not um, as interesting as they had been before. So the series went into uh, hibernation once again for um, 
another 11, another 11 years after that point. And so that brings us up to 2014 and the American Godzilla once again. Um, so this is done by Legendary Pictures, which um, I will probably say that they're probably one of the better studios that you could get to do um, sci-fi stuff on. I mean, like, they're the same people that do a lot of the... who did, like, Hellboy and a bunch of other series like that. Um, and... They they've done a again a lot of their a lot of their movies and stuff that they've done have been really well received, um, and what was interesting about the 2014 Godzilla here was that originally it was going to be just a 40 minute film and uh, by one of the original creators of Godzilla here, and they were looking for somebody to help back it here, and when they went to Legendary Pictures, Legendary Pictures said, well, well why don't you just make an entire movie out of it then? Yeah. And they were like, oh, well, I just want to make this one 40-minute sort of thing here. That's all I'm really looking for. And then Legendary Pierce was like, can we make movies? So they went to Toho, and they agreed for a licensing agreement. And uh, they came up with the 2014 Godzilla. Now, um, I remember watching it at one point and then turning it off because there was no Godzilla. Because Godzilla doesn't show up until the very end of Godzilla. So so you have so it takes a long time to so so we're like Wonder Woman where it takes too long to set up. And it's not too long. I don't know if it takes too long to set up. You see a lot of the human sort of like uh, background related kind of stuff happening where like it's like there there's constant talk of Godzilla. Godzilla is not even though the the creature himself Godzilla doesn't show up to the very end. He's mentioned a lot, and so he comes. So it up, is God. It is about Godzilla. It is about Godzilla and the two creatures. Um, that are there of Godzilla's size, or Muto, which is a male version and a female version. They're, they're just called Muto. Okay. Um, you have Ken Watanabe, which is a Japanese kind of, which is, again, a very famous Japanese actor, who is uh, apparently a uh, Godzilla expert, and is like, you know, we got to bring back Godzilla. It's like, what? It's Godzilla doing this. It's throughout the entire movie here. Um so that is actually one of the films that we are going to be watching here is the 2014 Godzilla. Okay. Now, when screened to the Japanese and to the Western audiences here, it went over really, really well. A lot of people really liked the notion that um, they treated Godzilla very similar to Jaws, in which you never actually really saw the shark, but you kept seeing and hearing hints about it, you know. And I think that was a very intelligent way to... Um, so you build up the suspense. Yes. You build up the tension and the suspense, and so the payoff is really cool when you do get to see him, because he's there for the last 20 minutes of the film, and it's a big deal. Um, and so um, it eventually spawned... Uh, so the 2014 movie eventually spawned Godzilla King of the Monsters, which, from what I have heard, is probably one of the best Godzilla movies ever. Um, King or, of the... Wait, he's King of the Monsters. I mean, King of yeah. the Monsters, yes. It, it has... It has a lot of different Godzilla monsters come back. So Mothra, Rodan, King Hing, King Hydra, Gehidra, uh, and a number of other monsters that come up back again in this one. Um, and then it's also spawning here um, next month, Godzilla versus King Kong. Comes out next month? In March. Oh, too cool. So Perfect timing. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So again, like, I read that. It was like... No, maybe if we could wait two weeks, we could do that as well. Uh, but, yeah. This is perfect. No, no, this works out Prep, well. Yeah. Um, and so, 
when this was shown to the Japanese, the Japanese loved it. The Japanese loved this version, of, loved this American version of Godzilla. They were like, this is amazing. And that was basically Toho was like, we know how to do Godzilla movies, right? It's like, yeah, let's go do Godzilla movies. They're like, wait, we need to find somebody who, we need to find people who could do Godzilla movies. Yeah. And they actually tapped into a very interesting source here at the end of the day. Um, so, um, as you may or may not know, one of my favorite anime series of all time, and it's mostly because it's one of my first series I've ever actually fully watched. That, mm-hmm. that tends to happen with a lot of people, in, especially in Japanese animation or in other sort of areas, where it's like, the first thing that you watch is kind of like your f- most favorite sort of thing. Yeah. You know, even though there's other much better stuff out there, like, it's still, like, one of your favorites. Um, you know, even if you admit, you know, even if you know and admit later on, like, no, there's better stuff out there. And, um... So, like, essentially the series is Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. Now well, this, no, but I've heard really good things about Evangelion. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's very, very good. Um, if you want to watch it, it's available on Netflix. Crunchyroll? Not on Crunchyroll, unfortunately, no. Um, so the original company that did the original dubbing for Evangelion was a company... Um, that has since been uh, that since gone defunct, unfortunately, and so they rebought the so they redubbed the anime again because they thought the voice, the acting might have was too old at that particular point because they couldn't get the rights for the yeah. old uh, dubbing, unfortunately, um, and so they redubbed it, but they didn't offer the original actors their position their original uh, jobs again, so a lot of the voices and a lot of the dubbing doesn't sound right if you've watched the original English dub, and they also changed a bit of the script as well. Oh. Um, so if you want to watch it, they have both the original uh, 26 episode series as well as the two Death and Rebirth movies available on net on Netflix right now. Um, but I recommend watching it in Japanese because the English dub of it, while still a decent dub, um, offends my ears because it's not the same. It's not the it's not the same characters in there. Not I mean, the right voices. No, no. Again, there is. Um, um, his name is. I want to say his name. I, I know his name is Spike. Spike something. I don't want to say Spike Jones, but it's like Spike Spike Austin or something like that. Who did the voice of Shinji Akari? He does the perfect whiny little B uh, voice that you'll ever hear, and he was perfect as Shinji Akari. And the, keep in mind that when he did the role, he was only like maybe I think twenty or twenty two years twenty two years old. It was like his second like major role in animation. But he was like the title character for this big show, um, which led him in, uh, which led him into a bunch of other additional uh, works eventually. Um, and then he actually didn't do a lot of dubbing for a while, and then came back to it. So again, um, very, very, very cool sort of um, series here. Definitely worth it. It spends, it, it's it's the base of a lot of. Uh, tropes in later animation, especially in the late 90s and early 2000s. You know, a lot of people still make reference to it to this day. Uh, but its creators, Hideki Anno and, um, and the other guy here is uh, Shinji Higuchi, Higuchi um, were tapped to do uh, the new Godzilla film. Now, this is right after they... So, at this time, Hideki Anno and... Um, and Studio Gainax are actually in the process of remaking the Evangelion TV series as a movie. Um, and so there's originally this uh, trilogy of movies, and they were supposed to have a fourth one here. So this is right after the end of 
uh, Evangelion 3.3, and again, because they had a weird naming scheme for it. So the first yeah. Evangelion was 1.1, and then the second one was 2.2, and then the next one was 3.3, and the next one was supposed to be 4.0. It's supposed to be the end of the series. We've been waiting now like nearly 10 years for it, and it's finally coming out in this year. So I'm very excited about it. Um, but a large part of that was because of them working on Godzilla. So um, they they worked together with Toho, and they created Shin Godzilla. Now, uh, Shin, Bini, Shin in the Japanese uh, meaning typically uh, new, reborn, evolved, kind of, is kind of the way they take Shin in a lot of cases. Um, so this new Godzilla um, takes a lot of focus from what was the uh, 2011 tsunami disaster of Japan here. So this is, the, oh. so this is from the, uh, this is the 9.1 magnitude earthquake that happened in Japan that yeah, no, I recall sparked it. these, you know, unfortunately sparked the tsunami that destroyed a number of the coastal coastal properties and damage. Um, also set off a chain reaction for Fukushima as well, in the, some say. Yeah. Uh, and the movie touches on a lot of those, it makes a lot of references to those disasters from Godzilla in this particular point as he's fighting another monster. Um, but it also takes a lot of point from what is the Japanese government as well. Because in the wake of those disasters, there's a lot of people, a lot of Japanese people um, blame the Japanese government for uh, either not being proactive in avoiding Fukushima because it was eventually discovered that Fukushima uh, could have been avoided with proper um, measures put in place by the government. And then... Yeah. Um, that they also perceived was a lack of government involvement um, in helping rebuild after the disaster. So a large portion of the movie also is this um, these big meetings between like Japanese officials and government officials where not a lot gets done and it's kind of... A bit of a commentary. Uh, yeah, there's a, quite a bit of a commentary on, on the Japanese government as well on there. Uh, but it did really, really well. It was really well received by Japanese media and the, in the Japanese populace. It got a um, outside of the the return of or, or the two thousand uh, or the nineteen ninety nine return of Godzilla that uh, spawned that was uh, released in theaters here in America in in America back in two thousand. The two thousand sixteen Shin Godzilla was released in two thousand. 17 um, here in the American theaters for a limited run as well. So it's the first time in nearly six, 17 years that that had happened as well, that Godzilla had been on the big screen. Um, and they had plans to release more Godzilla material in movies, but they're waiting, but apparently some sort of licensing agreement with the American company limits them from doing so. Um, so rather that's, than... It, you know, that's, that's really interesting because you have this Japanese creation that now is licensed by the United States, mm -hmm. by, by an American company? So, I mean, they still released other Godzilla properties, just not live-action properties at all. And so um, they released three uh, CGI movies that are all available on Netflix, and I, I haven't watched them yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm considering it. But based off the last CG film I watched um, from Japan, like I'm a little hesitant on it. Um, like the Japanese um, are still really trying to figure out how to do CGI animation for their in, in an anime style for the most part, with mm -hmm. some mixed results here and there. I think I think they tend to do a lot better with 
less humanoid designs or more exaggerated proportions. Um, so a very a very good series if you want to watch it you know, on Netflix right now. It's called B Stars or Beast Stars. Okay. Um, it primarily takes place a bunch of uh, anamorphized uh, animal animals in a high school setting, but all the creatures still. Um, but they, but all the creatures still have their natural tendencies. So, like, the sheep eat grass; they're herbivores. Versus all like the the wolves and the, the predators are like herbivores. Yeah, they're sheep. carnivores. You know, and so there's worry that like the carnivores are going to hurt the omnivores at a certain point. Well, couldn't um, you have like parochial schools and have have schools for vegetarians? Um, you could um, keep in mind also that everybody's size is relative as well. So, raccoons are the size of raccoons, while um, you know, like rabbits are the size of rabbits, or in some and cases. they're all going to high school. It, yeah, they're all going to high school. Remember, maybe that's not maybe that's not the true thing here. I remember seeing some smaller characters in there, but maybe. But I haven't watched the full thing here yet. Um, Interesting premise. Yeah, and again, I mean, like there's 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 one the the main character is like a wolf sort of character that's again like unfortunately a lone wolf or doesn't interact with other people mostly because he's terrified that he might hurt other characters. Um, and so he limits himself. He limits his interaction with some of the other characters in a lot of cases uh, because he worry he's worried about his carnivoric nature. He's afraid that he might hurt or potentially kill another one of the characters there in order to eat them. I assume that's frowned upon. Oh yes, very much. Okay. Um, but again, it's 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 very well done, and again, it's all done in CG with some two D animation um, here and there for characters that are not. Uh, in there a lot of the time, but they've done a really good job of compositing it all together so you don't notice it at all. Um, so it's a really... It's, it's a, a, so a little bit Roger Rabbity. Um, yeah, a little bit Roger Rabbity here. I mean, with a lot of their CG shows, they tend to... Um, the characters that are not, like... That are, like, one-off characters that are only there for, like, a couple, maybe one or two scenes, you know, where it wouldn't be make sense to make a full 3D model for them. They do yeah. in 2D animation... Um, this is why, again, do you remember uh, the Fate series? Yeah. A lot of that is actually done in 3D. I, I totally get that. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of the a lot of the work done in in there, ex- including the background and uh, the backgrounds and stuff, are all done in 3D. It's beautifully drawn. Mm-hmm. And then they're composited in together with the 2D animation really well. Um, and so they it, it, studio uh, UFO table, which was literally based on a guy who wanted to get this weird kind of table that looks like a UFO. Um, and they and they yeah. tour around with that, and he eventually got the table, and he, they tour around with the table occasionally to be like, "This is the name. This is where we got the inspiration for our name of our company." This weird UFO looking table, yeah. Okay, I see it. Um, but no, I, they do a really amazing job of compositing their um, CG backgrounds and arts with their two D animation. So they um, and so they composite it in such a way where it's natural looking and flows really well with it and again you can um if you had to you can even art the the backgrounds as well because again you could draw it scenes you know scene by scene or you can animate it because you have these very fluid camera yeah. flows yeah. and especially if you do do all this background and you do the camera work beforehand when you get to the actual animation side of it you can match it to what the original camera work is so it's so it transitions well um and again, UFO Table's done a really great job of it here. Beastars is, again, mostly a CGI affair, but it does have some 2D stuff in there. Um, I'd be remiss to not mention the, 
so again, we are recording this as of February 20th, and um, there's another CGI-based anime property that's out there that is absolutely atrocious called X-Arms. Um, just watch the opening for it. It is, it is probably the best animation in the entire thing. It's so bad. And, and what's amazing about it, too, is that it's... Is it so bad it's good, though? Because there are, there there are, are things yeah. that are so bad they're good. Um, I've, I've heard a person, um, I've heard a, a popular um, uh, anime YouTuber phrase it as, it is a masterpiece, but in the opposite side right. of a, matter, a masterpiece. It is a, it is ripe for a, um, it is ripe for a fan dub of epic proportions, because the animation in there is just god-awful. It's been likened to, like, PlayStation 2 era graphics, that's how bad it is. Um... And they wouldn't be wrong, but again, it's this is um, a Crunchyroll original. So Crunchyroll, the company, um, put their own money and backed this particular series, and they have a lot of egg on their face right now because of it. So well, it's um, an egg roll. Oh yeah, Crunchyroll. Yes. Anyway. Um, so that's primarily Godzilla. So uh, this week here we have. Um, Shingo, we have the 2014 Godzilla. We have the 2019 uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. And then I've also included Shin Godzilla as well with subtitles. And and what what year is Shin Godzilla? 2016. Okay. So this is the one by Hideki Anno and uh, okay. Shinji Higuchi. Yeah. So, um, I, again, I got the more recent ones because, again, they look a lot nicer and they play a lot, a lot better here. Well, no, um, and you'd want to see the more recent ones, you know, before you you see uh, the older God- stuff. Well, Godzilla and, and King Kong. Yeah, and, uh, and again, it will be. It's good. an interesting matchup. Well, again, I mean, it's it's very and again like they literally went out of the way to uh, license uh, King Kong for that. Uh, originally, it's Japanese. Actually, before they ever got to King Kong versus Godzilla, did King Kong versus Frankenstein. That's an interesting matchup too. Yeah. Size-wise, they don't work. They, the Frankenstein's monster, they've kind got of got bigger. They got bigger and was not modeled after what we would consider the American version of Frankenstein. Okay. Um, it looks more like a caveman. I think is the better way to describe it. I think not like the classic lumbering sort of like bolts and neck sort of like you know version of that unfortunately it's really interesting to see where the world has gone with that because mary shelley's book is really a book about um the horrors of playing god and it's both the the horrors of playing god and man's um interpretation of things and and its judgmental nature being afraid of things it doesn't understand Mm -hmm. um hence the scene with the little girl uh, and the daisy so it's interesting to see where the world went with with mary shelley's novel because it's not where she was going with it well i think that really kind of unfortunately with the case of frankenstein um i think we have to blame universal movies for that oh yeah without a doubt i mean dracula you can you can if you ever read bram stoker's uh, dracula you can make you can make make the same same arguments with, arguments. Yeah. Um, it's it's not where he intended to go with it. The original Dracula is actually a very sensual novel. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, the way it describes the dripping uh, candle wax. Anyway, um, 
it's a it's it's a metaphor um but uh you know it it dracula's gone places where it wasn't intended to go either mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see what we've done with oh absolutely literary characters oh yeah and again it's it's interesting to see um where they've come to at this point as well too again i mean yeah. like we think again i i i I challenge anybody at this point here to think of uh, Frankenstein and not think of the classic, you know, universal century version of the monster, whatever version you see of it in your head. Yeah. Much in the same way, though, if I challenge you, if I think, if I tell you to think of Sleeping Beauty, you think of the Disney Sleeping Beauty, Beauty most yeah. likely. Yeah. yeah. Same thing if I were to mention Little Mermaid, Cinderella. Yeah. You know, like almost any, almost a lot of these characters here get, really do get shaped by. Whoever was the most, whoever was the last to make such a lasting impression on it. Yeah. You know, and again, if you had, you know, and again, if you had been a Godzilla fan in the 90s here, watching a lot of people watch this 1998 Godzilla, you would have been like, no, 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 I swear, I swear, Godzilla's really cool, actually. You know, which actually, case in point here, like, again, you have seen, you had seen Godzilla prior to this. Yeah. What did you think of the 1998 Godzilla? Um, not my Godzilla. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not my Godzilla. Not no. not not the Godzilla I grew up. No, no. So, I mean, I I think we're such visual people, and once we have a vision locked in our head, that's the vision that it is. And it's hard for us then to back off onto other variations of it. Of it, yeah. Other people's interpretations. Yeah. It, I mean, it really is a discussion about how visual we are. Or or how much long lasting media, or even one piece of media, really does. Um, um, culture, your particular in, in, yeah, in our modern culture, absolutely. No, and, and again, so as a, as a very good example here, like you cannot tell me at the end of the day, and even though I know this not to be the case here, that Mario and Luigi didn't come from Brooklyn and aren't actual plumbers. Even though when you go to the Super Mario franchise here, neither of them are plumbers, and neither and nowhere in any of their mythology did they ever mention being plumbers or having any sort of accoutrement relating to plumbing. The closest you get to that is because they wear overalls and they go into pipes. Well, but let me tell you, the the Animal Crossing world is all excited because in March we get Mario characters in Animal Crossing. I know, I'm afraid. It's a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. They're excited. Well, it's because of the anniversary. It's going to be their first year anniversary. It's it's an amazing thing because I made the mistake of joining an Animal Crossing um, page uh, on Facebook. Uh Oh. Oh. What are you experiencing from this Facebook page, if you don't mind me asking? Well, you know, it's it's a topic for another day, but but let me let me tell you, they they post and you can go visit Celeste any any night you want, pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah. So people... you travel to other people's islands. So I I've given people money because I have far too much, um, and supplies because I have far too much. Um, so rather than selling them back to the nook shop because I really don't need to, um, I still harvest everything and then I I will post on there that I have things available. Yep. I gave away feathers. I used to do that as well. So again, if you remember, I used to have a, um, I used to have a what I called my yard sale area. So yeah. I had a, I had an yeah. area that was mostly just like, I eventually figured out like if you could put how to put like uh, cloth fabric down onto grass. Yeah. So I made a pattern that looked kind of similar to like um, like a blanket on on the grass essentially, yeah. and so let people come by and pick my wares that I had duplicates of that I didn't need. Um, and that's how I eventually, that's how I also worked the, um, the stock market here as well, is that you would buy all your... Oh, yeah, there's a whole turnip thing. Yeah, so um, our turnips. Yeah. 
yeah. is the thing on Reddit, so that you go there and you would be like, yeah, I have X, Y, and Z. I have the Nooks selling, uh, buying turnips for like 560 bells, and that's how you would make. A f that's how I made my initial plots of money originally before yeah. I. Um, I don't. I don't bother with turnips at all. No, I, I, I haven't. I haven't in months either. Yeah, but no. But so it's interesting. Everybody, every, there's in this group. There's a pretty much an understanding that if it's to the on the beach to the right of your airport, mm -hmm. it's available for pickup, mm -hmm. and you just leave all your excess DIYs and materials and stuff there. And and I mean, people will post, "I want blue roses." Okay, fine. I've got blue roses. Let me dig some up. And, yeah. and I'll bring them on over because you have Celeste tonight and I'd like to see Celeste. So, yeah. you know, there's there's a, a nice understanding there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I, it makes me ashamed for my island, though, because other people's islands are just oh my like decked out in certain oh, yeah. ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no, I, I, I'm just not taking the time to do that. Yeah, my island's similar. I need, I need to do some work on my island badly. I have far too many fruit trees, so I pick fruit and I leave fruit for people who are just starting out. I actually have, um, I actually put all five of the trees right in front of my um, town hall. So people who come in would see them right there and immediately pick them right away. Yeah. So that way they can get they can get them right away. And then I yeah. used to um, leave items uh, right in front of the town square as well because I had a little picnic area right there and you could I would just leave stuff there for people to get. Yep. Um, so yeah, Godzilla. That's what we're talking. That so we're going to watch those three movies and we're going to review that next week. And yeah. we'll go over and we'll see. And, and again. And Godzilla has not come to Animal Crossing. I don't think so. No. But he has, actually. Oh, has he? You can buy a Godzilla. You can buy a... a, a oh, that's sea, true. I have one. You can buy a sea You're monster right. from the right. Miles. I have, I have, a, I have a, a Godzilla standing on my... I have a theme park area. My, mine's at yeah. the very top corner, and the way and the way it looks is that it looks like he's coming out of the sea because he's on the very top of the rocks. But I also pushed um, the hills uh, over in such a way that it looks like he's rising over it. That's cute. I tried. That's cute. Uh, so yeah, so we're gonna review Godzilla here, and I will post links for some of the videos here. Again, I think a lot of these are gonna be the easiest to get. It's gonna be off of uh, YouTube because they're not available on Netflix. And I don't know where they are physically otherwise, uh, but you can rent them off of YouTube and other places. Uh, I will put the links for that on our website along with all the rest of the show notes for at the nerdtutorialpodcast.com. And then we also continue the discussion on some of these topics here in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash nerd tutorial podcast, all is one word. And then if you have any ideas for future topics or topics you'd like us to look at in the future, you can drop me a line at nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter, um, where we post all the old topics here as well. Um, again, haven't put up uh, the Mandalorian here just yet because, again, uh, uh, Gina Carino... Um, MMA fighter here is just so such a big news thingy as well. Well, I I thought I, I thought I saw the first the first one go up. The first the first, uh, the, the, first, first the episodes have gone up. I haven't followed it on Twitter yet. Oh, okay, so, all right. Um, but no, yeah. Um, we hope that you stay safe out there in these weird times still, and we'll see you guys again next week. Bye. Bye.